Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, but I'm not alone. I'm surrounded by my world-famous doctrinaires. English Nick is here. Hello, sir. You want to understand his whole deal is uh, his first name is Nicholas, and apparently he wasn't born in this country. It's crazy. Autumn Fisher is here. Hello. And, of course, the handsomest producer in all of producery, and aren't I lucky? I get to look at him for the next two hours. Jared Yamamoto is here. What's oh, up, guys? Sorry. Hey, that's my first. That's the first thing I've messed up. I get to look at you for three hours. Woo! Oh, this is why we're on now. If you're tuning in now every Sunday and you're not used to this, well, either get used to it or get a different routine because <laughs> yeah, from I here, thought it was daylight savings time for a second. Yeah, no. From here on out, the Von Hester Doctrine is on every Sunday at this time, noon to three. This is our first three-hour expanded show. And yeah, let's applaud for that. I'm not exactly sure. What we're applauding for, but a man doesn't grab an extra hour every day, so I think it's worth a little bit of applause. I feel like you're all grown's up, Eric. You're all grown's up That's on WSB. Right. That's right. I put the big boy pants on, yes. and now we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go at it for uh, for for three straight hours. <laughs> and if you're new to this because you listen at this time and you're not used to this show, uh, we start every week with this headlines of the week. As you know, I. Uh, Sleep in a coffin for the other six days down in my basement, and I emerge on such a beautiful day. I mean, this is a ten easily. But it's you know what this day it is so beautiful out there. It reminds me of I believe it was the movie critic Leonard Maltin when he was reviewing E.T. At the end of his review, he said, "On a scale of one to ten, I give E.T." A 12. So I say this is Woo, actually... Not even an 11. This is a theoretical 12. The Mellish meter is was manufactured, quite frankly, in the late 60s, I believe. <laughs> and they never imagined that we would get to days that were over 10. So it can't actually register anything over 10. But this is not just a 10. This is pinning the Mellish meter at 10. So... <laughs> Get out in your car for the next three hours, drive around, look at how beautiful it is, and listen to us. And uh, we have uh, breaking news, sad breaking news. Huh? Yeah, that's right. You heard it first here on WSB. Nancy Reagan has died. The former first lady was 94 years old, Eric. Now, I love the Reagans. I'm a huge Ronald Reagan fan. I'm a huge uh, Nancy Reagan fan. Um, 94 years, that's a pretty good run. Uh, we'll, we'll miss her. I'll tell you something. They're from a, I think about the Reagans and the way politics used to be compared to now. And Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan, they were from a different era mm-hmm. where political families, you know, acted like adults. It's, 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 it was a different time in this country where actually, I think I could say is that adults were not embarrassed to be adults the way that we are now. Where, you know, oh my God, everyone wants to continue to act like a teenager for the rest of their life. I'm lives. getting old. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh. He's the new 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you hear nonsense like 50 is the new 40. No, 40 is 40. That's it. Yeah. It always or has 50 been. 50 is 50. Yeah, it's 70 Fine. is not the new, or 60 is not the new 50. It's all, it, this is all stuff that we do these days to rationalize, oh, we're not getting old. Back in the days of Reagan and uh, the this country 30 40 years ago uh, adults didn't mind being adults they, they thought it a certain amount of wisdom I'm sure that people were nostalgic for their youth but they weren't constantly striving to appear to stay young the Reagans were adults they acted like adults and I really really wish that there was anyone close to these two Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan around today I sometimes when we watch the debates we'll get to that story next 
uh, on the Republican side, I sometimes think of like, what if Ronald Reagan was watching this? If he was watching this debate and, uh, you know, Donald Trump took the time to let the world know about the size of his jump. I have to say this. He hit my hands. Nobody has ever hit my hands. I've never heard of this one. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? And he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee. Has this ever been done? Has a presidential candidate from either party? from either party felt the need to reassure the country that he's above average down there. And I think about, like, I think Reagan would have done the same thing that I did when that happened during the debate this week. Uh, I paused the television and I just walked around my house three or four times, shaking my head and wondering if there's any real hope left for the country. It's unbelievable. So, I, I, on this day, the passing of uh. Nancy Reagan, 94 great years, I am longing for that type of leadership and that type of uh, adult to, uh, to, to resurface in our politics. And we had, uh, so we have headlines from yesterday, and there was some, some states that voted and caucused. Yeah, so okay, so we've got some good news here. We've got we actually do have an adult in the room. Ted Cruz slowed Donald Trump's momentum with big wins in Kansas and Maine. I uh, sent some editorial content there. <laughs> yes, that you yes. are happy. You called Ted Cruz the adult in the room, and so I take it that you're compared this, to Donald Trump. Come on, you're you're on this anything but Trump thing going on right now. Pretty much. You know what? I'm taking it one step further. I'm. Anything but any of these people from either <laughs> side that we're left with. Anything but Bernie, anything but Hillary, anything but Donald, anything but Ted, and anything but, Mar <laughs> but Marco. Although I feel Marco might emerge again in four or eight years, have a little gray at the temple, be a little bit better at it, and maybe someday actually be the president. Hashtag anything but. Anything but any of these people. I yeah. realize what watching that debate, uh, I am. It, it's protest mode. For me, uh, here on out. But I don't want to get ahead of the story. Who won what? I, I, I cut you off. Man. Okay, so so Ted Cruz won Kansas and Maine, but Donald Trump still won Kentucky and Louisiana. So there were four, four Republican contests that voted yesterday. Right. Um, and it looks like the delegate counts, as this, this is the, the numbers as they're coming out now, it appears that uh, that Ted Cruz did get more delegates than Donald Trump. So he's still like he's like a 100 behind him then. Easily, you know? yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tight contest as we move into these... Uh, Stuff that's going to go on in Florida and Ohio and a lot of these, unlike a lot of these primaries and caucuses up to this point, most of these things start becoming closed primaries and caucuses, meaning you can't cross over. You, you can't be a Democrat and decide to be a Republican uh, at the last minute and vote in that primary or caucus. We had a lot of that. So Donald Trump has gotten a lot of, uh, I don't know if they're Reagan Democrats, but there's some sort of. Uh, thing going on there and some people may be just jumping in going I think this will ruin the Republican Party so I'll jump over because there's no real contest on the other side uh, so it's gonna be closed contest pretty much from now on so all Republicans voting in in this situation seems like they're splitting it I feel like Trump what has been hurt a little bit by yeah, the drip drip that started with Mitt Romney I don't know what took them so long to get to things like Trump University I, don't, I know that for a while, all the candidates basically thought, this guy Trump, he's going to implode at some point, and we don't want to have alienated his people, because he's energizing people. So I think for a long time, they're like, well, we're not going to really criticize him. He'll fall of his own weight, and then we'll be able to get the votes. Uh, but now that it just uh, kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, 
everybody's freaking out. And so now you come know, the big gun. Go ahead, Autumn. So um, it seems like the loud minority is speaking out against Trump or being a little bit nervous about him. But like when we were on the air after the debates last week, we had a lot of callers that were interested in Trump and still believed in uh, no, him. No, I don't think I don't think you can shake Trump support at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, there's very little of that going on. But what they're trying to do now is there is a concerted effort by, call it the establishment, Although, strangely enough, because Rubio had such a bad day yesterday, it's looking like, you know, this, this election cycle is so strange that it may come down to the fact that Ted Cruz is the establishment candidate. The candidate that Who the, establishment, the establishment gets behind because they're just deadly frightened of, of Donald Trump. And I think, look, the Mitt Romney speech where he went after Trump this Let week. Let me put it very plainly. If we Republicans choose Donald Trump as our nominee... The prospects for a safe and prosperous future are greatly diminished. Donald Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. This is what, now that it's time to attack, now that it's time to attack, they're stumbling on, on one line of attack against Trump that always would have worked, and I don't know why they did wait until now. By bringing up things like Trump stakes and Trump University and all of these sort of uh, failed uh, deals, you're really going after his strength because he's been out there saying, I'm a winner. I win. I always win. Elect me. And just like me, we'll always win. So from day one, the way to counter that would have been, well, what about these five, six, seven things where you didn't win? And what about Trump University, where it kind of looks like a little bit of a scam? And what were you doing then? And why? And it just seems to me that this is actually having an effect now. But I think, unlike personal attacks going back and forth and that sort of thing, I think this would have worked three months ago. This was the line of attack that they should have been going if they wanted to stop Donald Trump. Now they've got all guns on it. I think the one thing that we can all agree on is that the Republicans are headed for the weirdest, most <laughs> awkward national convention mm -hmm. easily in my lifetime. Because these guys are not... look. Politicians in primaries always go after each other. George H.W. Bush famously referred to Reagan's economic ideas as voodoo economics. And back, in, back then in 1980, people go, oh, my God, that's such a hard blow. How could the party ever come back together? You again? know what, though? That's attacking his policy and not his person. That's, like, yeah, that's my point. That's, yeah. you, you have a disagreement of policy, and at the end of the day, you can stand up at the National Convention and say, look, I disagree with him or her on this, that, and the other thing, but... Their policies are much better than the opposition's policies, so sure. I can stand here and say to you, even though I was against him, I'm asking you to vote for this person now, because it's the best out of the two that we have left. This sort of criticism, where Marco Rubio is calling Donald Trump a con man, right. I don't know how you ever heal the party. You can't. I, you're attacking a, his character. Yeah, yeah if you're a con man, you're basically a sociopath, and that doesn't go away. That's a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. So Marco Rubio has effectively taken himself out of the running of being able to stand there during the televised convention, give his support to Donald Trump, and ask you at home to vote for Donald Trump, because if he was a con man now, he's going to be a con man this November. There's, you just can't get around that kind of criticism. Mitt Romney has said, I won't support Trump. You can't heal that. So if Trump's bringing up in enough new people to overwhelm that and have it not bother him or hurt him in the delegate count or whatever, I guess it can just be kind of fractured and weird. 
But it looks like part of the Republican Party is doing everything they can to get a brokered convention, and usually that's the last thing in the world you'd want, mm -hmm. is a brokered convention. It looks like we're heading that way, too, with the latest polls that have come out. It looks like John Kasich is leading in Michigan. Right. He's also leading in Ohio, and a new poll just came out actually earlier this morning saying that Marco Rubio now has to lead in Florida. So imagine yeah. what happens let if Trump get, doesn't win those. Let me get the Von Hessler doctrine on Trump. I'm not... I'm not anti-Trump because I don't believe he's a racist or a sexist or the KKK. I don't believe any of that. I just think his disposition, his temperament is not presidential. He was in that Fox News debate and Megyn Kelly was one of the moderators. Well, just a few debates ago, he wouldn't debate if she was there. Megyn Kelly hasn't changed anything at all. What changed? Donald Trump's mood. I don't think that that's the kind of temperament. I don't know that he has the competence. We shall see if he can be stopped by Mitt Romney and the establishment. The Empire Strikes Back. We'll squeeze in a couple more headlines when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Well, welcome back. Nice harmonica. <laughs> Scared you. Yeah, knocked me off out of my chair, but I'm back now. Eric Von Hessler here. Uh, that's Jared. That's English Nick. That voice you just heard is Autumn Fisher. We're on for the first time for three hours. That's why you're hearing us in the 12 o'clock hour. I hope you enjoy what you hear. We started with the headlines. We talked about the uh, Republican side of things yesterday and the primaries and caucuses. What happened on the Democrat side? Yeah, here? yeah. No, but nobody forgets or everyone forgets about the Democrats. So Is it nobody forgets or everybody? Uh, everybody forgets <laughs> about the Democrats. We're on. People are hearing us for the first time in this hour, and I want clarity, Jared Yamamoto. Look at that, and now and that's why I'm here for you. So, okay. so Hillary won. By Louis the way, Jared Yamamoto, a man who looks nothing like his last name. Anyway, go ahead. So Hillary won Louisiana yesterday, while Bernie Sanders won contests in Maine and Nebraska, and the Democrats debate tonight. Okay, and but here's right. the, uh, yeah, thank you, Hillary. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so, uh, Hillary, you lost. You only won one state. You lost two, but you got more delegates because Louisiana is more delegate rich. That's right. You know how it's going down in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, you like them in Louisiana, huh? Oh, I love me some Louisiana folks. You know, yeah. we just throw a couple of crawfish in the boiling pot. Uh -huh. Down on the bayou with my bonamis, <laughs> fresh gumbo, sucking the heads out of crawfish. You just, you just I, obviously, the people of Louisiana related to you so well. That's uh, C'est bon, c'est bon, Eric. So, so you like gumbo? So good. You like it's, 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 Is you like gumbo? You like the whole cuisine? I down there. love gumbo. Throw a bunch of weird. Potatoes and corn on a picnic table with a bunch of crawfish and just suck the heads right out. I love it. <laughs> you seem very focused on the way you eat those things. But... I love to suck the heads right out of those crawfish. I love me some dirty rice. WSB. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, look for a report on how the political frontrunners managed to capture so many Georgia voters. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's my producer, Jared. That's my friend, English Nick. And that's my other friend, Autumn Fisher. This is the first of our first three-hour the first hour, I should say, of our first three-hour show on Sundays. So if you're new to us, welcome, and we hope you enjoy it. 
And what we do at this time in our first hour is we do a little segment we like to call WTF. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF. What does that F stand for? Fun and games. Oh, that's right. What the fun and games? Autumn Fisher, (laughs) give me some stories. Okay. A Washington man accidentally killed himself while taking a selfie with his gun. Oh, this is now, this <laughs> apparently he had, he was he's oh my gosh he's a forty three year old man. Where, where 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 was this? This is in where, where was this? Where did this happen? What was he? Washington. Was he in was he in front of? Uh, <laughs> uh, so he pulled out a gun and then he did he think it was not loaded or something? He had it was he had, it was his very new gun. He had just purchased his first gun. And you know how he that had, is when you get anything new, you want to you want to mess around with it. You want to have fun. It's not right. I, and it's so not just, taken, just guns. Sorry, yeah, and he had taken several selfies uh, with he and his girlfriend. Um, he had made sure that it was unloaded each time, but I'm yeah. assuming that every time that he checked it, you know, at, at some point he accidentally put one in the chamber. And how so do you accidentally... Yeah. Look, look, the guy lost his life. I don't life, know how guns work. So I don't... So. <laughs> well, that's about, thank you for putting that out there. Uh, usually you do have to put them in yourself. Now, I don't... Look, the guy lost his life. I don't want to, you know... But uh, what what is the point of the selfie with the gun? Are you intimidating others? Or... It depends on what the selfie is. It could just be like, check it out, a gun. Yeah, or look at my new piece. Being really serious and creepy with it. Right. Like, that's, that's a different, if he's like a collector and he's like a really knowledgeable person when it comes to guns, then the selfie seems like, okay, here's my latest and this is what I like about it, whatever. Gotta get the likes. But I didn't, you know, I'm, my first thought is uh, De Niro and Taxi Driver. So my first thought is that if that technology existed in that movie, there would be a scene where he would be taking a selfie with the gun. So I don't know which one it was because I don't know this guy and I always feel bad. It, yeah, that's a that's a, a just a dumb way to go and it's a stupid way to lose your life and there's... You know, I have this part of me that wants to make jokes, but I'm going to be better than that and not do that. Because you know what? When you lose your life because of your stupidity, I think everything has been all paid up. You don't need people coming along, making jokes. You know what? The lesson was beyond learned. But if there's something out there, I guess as an example... Uh, make, I don't know. Make sure your guns aren't loaded when you take selfies. Is that the well, PSA? Also, Is that the PSA that comes out of this, people? It's part of it. It's part of the PSA. The whole the, the umbrella of it should be: don't take selfies in Thank dangerous you. situations. Because no, no, stop says, there. Stop there. I will stop you even before that. Yes, we don't have to be controversial. <laughs> Second Amendment, no selfies. Just don't take selfies. But I look really good in this light and at yeah. this angle. Yeah, no one needs to see and in this filter. No one needs to see your duck lips with your new gun. <laughs> all right, I mean, just I stop. Really good. Stop taking selfies. What is the point? People just do this because other people do that, and we are a mimicking species, right? Oh, somebody else did that, so we'll do that. Do you really get joy out of it? Does anybody ever look at somebody else's selfie and go, man, that made my day? Um, excuse me. Oh, we have uh, Melanie, the millennial blogger, with us. One, one mo- Hey, guys. So yeah. I just wanted to weigh in on this selfie issue because yes. it's, like, really important for me to take a selfie because, like, I've been practicing a lot of contouring techniques, mm-hmm. and I really just want to show, like, like what brushes I use and the um, outcome of my contouring on my face. And you, like, so are you telling me that this is all for the, the to help other people? Because I thought it was just because yeah. you're a narcissist who loves to look at yourself in the mirror. No, I am. Um, what are those people that like help other people? Uh, helpful people. No, uh, it's nurses? like a something-ist. Like a something-ist. Therapist? A therapist. No. 
a, a salon person. It's like, you're I a, don't know. So you're a blogger. Important. You're a blogger. You can't find the words you need to express yourself. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I need like a dictionary or something. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say, surely you know what you, your own face looks like. But then again, Melanie's put me straight on this. She needs to look at herself. I understand that. I, I think what Melanie needs is <clears> she <throat> needs to have the approval of others for her contouring, right? Um, It's like people are asking me every day, oh my God, you look amazing. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? And I'm like, it's so easy. I do it every day for two hours before I get dressed. It's no big deal. You take care of yourself. And if you want to go out looking like a garbage fire, then go ahead. Be my guest. But if you want to do something good to yourself, follow me on Insta. Still voting for Bernie, huh? <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> I don't Feel know the what... burn, right, guys? That's right. Uh, Jared, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, Melanie, are you not worried that more people are dying while attempting to take selfies than, than in shark attacks in the U.S. alone? Now, hold on. No. The, hold, wait, wait. Like, that's the kind of stat. <laughs> that's the kind of... Yeah, okay, more are because nobody's being killed by a shark. That's a, But you could... You know what? More people are dying of selfies than are being... While uh, attempting to take selfies, because this is all clarified no, by the Washington Post. I'm telling you, more Post. people attempting to take selfies and all that than are uh, late are attacked by aliens from outer space as well. I mean, <laughs> because it's not happening. It's like they use these kind of stats, uh, like they'll say, you know, uh, gunshots are the biggest killer of men under 35. Yeah, because they don't die of anything else. Men under 35, basically, you could be in the worst shape in the world. You still don't have a heart attack. So it's not really, it's not a good thing that so many people die of gunshots. But of course, it's going to be more than your average deaths at the age of 23 because not a lot of people are cropping up with heart attacks at 23. So, so watch I those think, numbers, Melanie. I think last year, 27 people died of selfie-related um, deaths or whatever. Yeah. And I really, I mean, that's like, if you think about how many people are actually taking selfies and that yeah, yeah. only 27 died, I'm probably not going to die. So just go for it. Yeah, you're see. pretty good I with mean, that you math. you got to live your life, you know what I mean? you got to admit, you're pretty good with that math, Melanie. Yeah. Okay, we have another, another so, so the, 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 the PSA... The PSA from the Von Hessler doctor on this one, you're not just what? A pretty face. I went to college. Okay, all right. I get it. And you want Bernie to pay for that college, right? Uh, yeah, college was way expensive. So the oh PSA God, so out of this annoying. story from the Von Hessler. <laughs> She's not going to stop there. I, I get My credit you. cards are like through the roof right now. But like I said, you just have to like live your life. So you need Bernie to pay all this stuff off. Yeah, that'd be really cool. You think he'll do it? I'm, well, I'm going to vote for him. I'm gonna... just going to vote for him and see. Okay. You can't get hurt, right? You can't get hurt. No. So uh, the P Thanks, the guys. I'm going to go. Okay. Okay, the PSA out of this story <laughs> from the Von Hessler doctor isn't don't take a selfie with your new gun. It's simply don't take a selfie. You don't know why you're doing it, and I'm here to tell you no one else cares and wants to see your stupid duck lips. So just stop it. We have another story? Hey, I'm back. It's me. Autumn hey, Fisher. Autumn. How are you, Autumn? <laughs> I feel like I need to speak a little bit deeper now to uh, uh, distinguish myself differentiate from other people yourself. in the room. Yes. Um, well, a story came out on Vanity Fair uh about Luke Skywalker being gay. Yeah. Now, I want to preface this, that the way that the story is sort of phrased to you is, quote, of course Luke Skywalker is gay, confirms Mark Hamill. However, that is not the real point of the story. Okay. What happened was... So tell me this, is Luke Skywalker gay or not? It doesn't, no, not necessarily, no, kind of, maybe, no. Because <laughs> I want, because I, I gotta tell you, I want... I want like Luke Skywalker to get married 
to his uh, significant other, to his to his uh, C three PO. I know the weirdest stuff about Star Wars with the identity of gender and everything. I remember yeah. a story from right before Star Wars came out. Where that new, what is that new bot? BB whatever? BB8. BB8, yes, a Jared nerd alert. No. Uh, B- <laughs> oh, it's BB8. Okay, whoa, all right. Gotcha, back off. Okay, it's BB8, fine, all right. Um, but there was a story, there was a story about how, yes, uh, BB8, it turns out, is female. And it's a droid. It yeah, doesn't, it's not, it's not hooking up with guys. I don't understand what the point was. But they seem very, now in this story, is there a part of the story, I think, where uh, the director basically went to Mark Hamill and said, you know, it would be nice if uh, if we had a gay character. So we're thinking about him being gay. Well, this is what he said. This is from Mark Hamill. He said, fans are writing and By the way, stop question. for one second. I know I keep yeah. doing this to you, but Mark okay. Hamill in love with the fact that people want to do interviews with him again. So take, <laughs> you know, it's been 30 years since anybody cared to ask him anything. So he might be full of a bit of hyperbole, but go ahead. Well, he says that, you know, people ask him, uh, you know, I'm bullied in school. I'm afraid to come out. Could Luke be gay? And he says, I'd say it's meant to be interpreted by the viewer. If you think Luke is gay, of course he is. You should not be ashamed of it. Judge Luke by his character, not who he loves. So to me, that says just his his sexuality is not addressed in the film. So Besides, you can like, you, you can that he gave to his sister. So, you know I mean? so what he's saying, and that's weird. What he's saying is <laughs> that uh, it's open to interpretation. So if you want Luke Skywalker to be gay. He's gay for you, and if the person sitting next to you at the theater thinks that he's a, a you know ladies' man, universal ladies' man, then that's who he is to that person. Right. It's just like when you. But isn't that weird? Isn't weird to have a character you, that's just like all things to all people? That's weird. No, it's just when you ask the question. It's like Schrodinger's cat, right? It's yes. Like, if it's, oh, you're gonna if go, you're oh, you're gonna go there, huh? You're gonna go particle physics right. on me? Okay, you go guys. Ahead. I go also ahead. went to college. All right. Well, hit me with <laughs> it. Me and Melanie. Uh, you know, Schrodinger's you, cat. That's that's the uh, that's uh, the scientist. No, you don't have to explain the whole thing. People can look it up. But go ahead. So if you if you don't ask the question, then it doesn't exist. Okay, but if you so do- if you if you're looking at a character and there's no you know um, sexuality or to him or right. you know he, there's not there's not a love interest or there's no situation where his sexuality is addressed, then it's not a question so, in your mind. So if Luke Skywalker were in a box, a closed box, <laughs> yes. he would be both gay and not gay until you open the box. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's what the Von Hester doctrine is for. That's what we call it the doctrine. You actually learn things here that you don't learn in other places. How about another story? Because I have I can't get my head around that one. All right, that's he, he is if you want him to be. He isn't if you don't. So there it's you go. It's just like song lyrics, right? When when you're in a happy mood and you're feeling good about your life, this song could mean something totally different. Yeah, but I don't. So, but sexuality is different. Yeah. You know, either Luke Skywalker uh, goes to a nice restaurant and holds his lover's hand while drinking Chardonnay and looks longingly into his male friend's eyes and dreams about the future. Why does it have to be Chardonnay? Well, I don't know. It could be whiskey. Okay. White wine is uh, a feminine thing. No, I maybe. <laughs> I maybe you you did you maybe I'm the yeah. I guess I'm just too old to understand this story. It's like I put people back into categories. Of course it would be Chardonnay. Maybe he's a Don't whiskey drinker. Don't put them in a Schrodinger's cat box. My point. <laughs> Think outside the cat box. My point is he either has to be something or the other thing. I'm not buying it is what I'm saying. Give me the next story. A flight attendant is charged with starting a fire on a plane. And this story is really strange because... The, Yo, you they, think they, so? They, Beyond a, a flight attendant <laughs> starting a fire? Really? That's a, you say there's something strange about this story. I'm not, I'm not getting it yet, but go ahead. <laughs> because I don't, they don't explain why it happened or how it happened. They just say 
that someone saw it, they put it out, and they, <laughs> then this person did it. Let me, tell you, let me tell you uh, what happened there is that this flight attendant, because on the doctrine we give answers, so I'm here to tell you. Give me an answer. So the flight attendant started the fire, and then he went and reported the fact, hey, there's a fire. And then he went and he was the hero. Was it a he or a she? I'm assuming it was a he. He. Here I go again. Uh, so, so he was a hero. He's identifying as he. Yeah, he's identifying as a he. And as, so he's the hero who puts out the fire. And I think that this is probably one of those psychological situations. People do this from time to time. They create something so that they can come in and save the day. And so it's not a, you know, I don't know how in danger people are. It happened in the lavatory? Yes, it did. Why do we call it a lavatory on the, only on planes? No it's, idea. It's, it's the only place, like if you, if you, you take off and you leave the ground. There are no longer bathrooms or restrooms. Only lavatories at thirty thousand feet. That's a, that's a head scratcher. Why does the language change? Yeah, I and when you put, what do you put in uh, in the plane to make it go? It's fuel. It's yeah, like yeah, it's not gas. Yeah. All these strange things at thirty thousand feet. All right, we'll try to squeeze in another WTF story or two when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Jerry. That's English Nick. That's Autumn Fisher. Autumn, I know we're supposed to have WTF, another story, but we have very little time, so we don't have time for that in this little break here. Okay. Well, I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, this UFC went down last night. Was it UFC 196? Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I am so out of step. That sport just kind of grosses me out. But every, every everything that was supposed to happen didn't happen. So like this, uh, the Irish loudmouth, what's his name, Conor McGregor or something like that, he's just uh, d- always loud. He got choked out, yeah. Yeah, he got, he got beat up by this guy Diaz, <laughs> Diaz. And then Holly Holm, who was the one who beat up Ronda Rousey a few weeks ago. I was pulling for her. Yeah. Well, I want she, her to win what, one. What is, so Holly Holm loses to the other person. So what is the deal? I cannot watch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm old-fashioned. I cannot watch girls... Beat the blood out of it. I, I just think, uh, no. what is wrong with America? That and the, the commentators come on like, what's well, a sport? Like, oh yeah, she came with her A game. I'm just looking at <laughs> girls beating each other up. I'm I'm 51, I guess. That really explains it all. All right, we're gonna do a little segment called Georgia stuff when we return.